the been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Welcome to the Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. It is Friday. I mean, it is a great time to get into the weekend. You've got baseball. You've got basketball. You've got football. Well, well, in a little bit. You've got hockey. You've got racing. There's a lot of sports that's going on. Baseball is in its almost one quarter of the way. Major League Baseball at this point, at this point of the season, is getting close to where you're starting to see, all right, that team, no, this team, no, that team, yes. So every single week here on the Sports Angle, since the beginning of the season, We have done our top 10 teams in Major League Baseball. We've done our MLB power rankings here on the Sports Angle. And to start out this great Friday, we are going to do our top 10 teams of MLB as of right now. As of week number seven, this is our MLB power rankings. Let's get into it. Number 10 on our MLB power rankings here on the sports angle. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay, 26 and 19, only one game back from the Boston Red Sox. Now, people might be wondering, why is Tampa Bay at 10? Well, it's because Tampa Bay, for the longest time, wasn't even in the top 10. In fact, this is their first appearance in the Sports Angles MLB Power Rankings inside the top 10 first time this year. The main reason is their seven-game winning streak they are on right now. Also, Tyler Glasnow is becoming a solid starting pitcher. He is going to be an all-star for the Tampa Bay Rays. Guys like Rich Hill, he has been a solid veteran who has gotten a fourth chance with the Tampa Bay Rays organization. They made a trade earlier uh, earlier today, which we will talk about later in the show, will have a huge impact on the future of the Tampa Bay Rays. But thanks to Glasnow, thanks to Hill, thanks to guys like Joey Wendell hitting a home run on a 45-mile-an-hour pitch from a position player, the Tampa Bay Rays, they are number 10 on our Sports Angles MLB Power Rankings. Moving on to number 9, We are actually going to stay in the American League, but we're going to go all the way across the United States from Florida all the way down to California. 
we're going to talk about the maybe future Las Vegas Athletics, but they are now called the Oakland Athletics. Oakland has been an interesting case. Yes, they have lost five of their last 10 games. Yes, they are only a half game back from the Houston Astros, who will also be on this list later down the line. The reason why Oakland is at number nine is because they're still getting productivity from their core players. You guys have Olsen, they have Chapman, they have Pinder, you have Marcana. Uh, the Oakland Athletics offensively still have that productivity. The pitching, however, is starting to unravel just a bit. And they are falling in the rankings. I mean, they were fifth in the Sports Angles MLB Power Rankings last week. So for them to go from five down to nine kind of shows you their struggles over the last uh, last 10 days. Also understand that if they don't get Jesus Luzerardo back, if they do not get some of their pitchers back in full form, Oakland might struggle to even make the playoffs in the American League. So if the potential Las Vegas athletics do turn it around, I would be happy to see it. But right now, I have them as number nine in our MLB power rankings here on the Sports Angle. Number eight on our list, we are once again going to get on our plane and travel all the way across. We're going to go from California, and we are going to travel all the way to the Northeast, and we're going to go down to Massachusetts. We're going to go to Boston. The Boston Red Sox, they're on its current two-game winning streak. They're 27-18. and 18. They have one of the best records in Major League Baseball. Now, you might be asking yourself, why are they on number eight? Why are they down here? Two reasons. First off, similar to Oakland, they have lost five of their last 10 games. Also, the Boston Red Sox are allowing Tampa Bay, New York, and Toronto to slowly catch them in the AL East. Boston had a two-game, three-game, four-game lead. Heck, at one point, they had a near five-game lead over second place in the AL East at the midway point of April. Well, now it's the midpoint of May, and the Boston Red Sox are holding on to that one-game lead over Tampa Bay. If they do start to decline, I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't see it coming. After all, I did say that they were a pretender. Uh, I had... I had Ethan, who is a longtime Buffalo Bills fan, part of Bills Mafia. I had him come on the show a while ago, and we were talking about pretenders, and the Boston Red Sox were the team that I brought up in that conversation. We taught up Kansas City and Boston. Sure enough, both of those teams are starting to look like exactly who we, who we said they were. But to get off of that tangent and to get back to what we're talking about, I still have them at number eight because they're leading the AL East. I still have them there. Because Raphael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Nick Pavetta, the Boston Red Sox still have talent, but it does look like they're starting to collapse in the month of May. At number seven in our Sports Angles MLB Power Rankings, we are going to stay in the AL East. We are actually going to transition to a team that is only two and a half back from the Boston Red Sox. We're going to talk about a team that has gotten red hot in the month of May, and that is the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, Toronto has done a lot 
in the month of May in a small place called Dundon, Florida. I mean, it's honestly remarkable, and they should get a lot of credit for what they are doing in Florida in a small place like Dundon. Toronto is making um, pitchers pay. If pitchers can make a wrong make a wrong call and it's right down the middle, Vlad Jr. is going to take you deep. Uh, you know, uh, Biggio, he's going he's gonna to go down the first baseline. He'll get a double. Goriel, he'll make you suffer with a shot to the outfield. The Toronto Blue Jays are eight deep when it comes to their hitting, which is very, very remarkable, considering that a lot of baseball teams don't have eight great hitters on their organization. There's really only one more team that I can sit here confidently and say is similar to Toronto when it comes to their hitting capacity. So understand that Toronto has eight real good hitters, and they are showing up when it matters the most. So Toronto, I have them at number seven in the Sports Angles MLB Power Rankings. We're going to go to number six on this list, and we are going to go to another team in the AL East. We have four AL East teams, and the team that has won seven of their last 10 is currently had a trio of back-to-back-to-back wins and a team that is one and a half games back from their rival Boston Red Sox. And I'm talking about the New York Yankees. Hey, Yankee fans, you remember in week four when your season was up in smokes, you were like four games below 500, and everybody was like, oh, this team is awful. This team is terrible. This team is dreadful to watch. Well, the Yankees are now six games above 500. They're half a game back from the wild card one and a half games back from the AL East. I told Yankee fans, be patient, calm down. You're going to be okay. You just have to believe in the roster. I mean, there were people who were saying that Aaron Boone, one of the best managers in Major League Baseball, could have gotten fired by the Yankees. Well, he didn't, and he has shown why he is considered one of the best managers in MLB. He does this. And he does this type of uh, strategy year after year after year. And that strategy is getting the most out of his guys. He is someone that gets the most talent, the most productivity, the most out of his pitchers, most out of his batters. He is that type of manager. He's good at what he does. The Yankees, their hitting has finally woken up. Those bats have finally been hitting home runs. Corey Kluber with that no hitter. He did great. Domingo Herman, he has seven uh, scoreless innings uh, in a recent outing. He has done good. And the Yankees have the best pitcher in baseball in Garrett Cole. So the Yankees have a good rotation. Their bullpen is lights out. Arodis Chapman has not let up a earned run this entire season. So the Yankees, I have them at number six in our, M- our sports angles MLB power rankings. Before we get into the top five, let's recap 10 to 6 for people who just joined in. At number 10, we have the Tampa Bay Rays. At number 9, we have the Oakland Athletics. Number 8, the Boston Red Sox. Number 7, the Toronto Blue Jays. And at number 6, the New York Yankees. Now at number 5 in the Sports Angles MLB Power Rankings, we are going to go and take another long road trip 
We're going to go from the biggest market in the United States in New York City, and we're going to take a plane ride down to the second largest city in the United States. We're going to travel down to Los Angeles. We're going to talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, this is the first NL team that I am bringing up. It's been very AL heavy so far. Now, you're going to see how dominant the National League has been. The Dodgers have won eight of their last 10. The Dodgers are on a four-game winning streak. This team is two games back from the San Francisco Giants in the NL, in the NL West division. The Dodgers have had about 4,000 people get injured and being put on the injury list. You've had Corey Seager. You've had McKinstry. You've had these guys who have been put on the shelf, but they keep winning. They will have guys that are underwhelming. They keep winning. Their starting rotation will cause some mistakes. They'll keep winning. The reason why is because a lot of people don't want to admit it, but the Dodgers are depth heavy. They have guys in their utility, guys in their bench, guys in their rotation, guys in their bullpen. Heck, they have people in the minors that can come in and take over in Los Angeles. Dodgers have one of the deepest rosters in MLB, and that's no coincidence. The Dodgers, yeah, they can lose 40,000 people on the, injury, on the injury list, and they can still win games. They're doing it right now. Now, yes, they did have a very bad month of, of April, but they have turned it around in May. They're showing people why the Dodgers are the reigning defending uh, NL champions, why they're the reigning defending World Series champions. So at number five, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers, 26 and 18. Number four in the Sports Angles MLB Power Rankings. We are going to go to a team that used to be in the National League, a team that actually has been performing above expectations in the month of May. This team went from being nearly last place in their division around April to now having the number one spot in that said division. We're going to go over to the AL West, and we're going to talk about the Houston Astros, or as a lot of people over here on the West Coast call them, the Houston Asterisks. The Houston Astros, 26-18. and 18. They have won eight of their last 10 games. The Houston Astros are Jordan Alvarez, uh, Michael Brantley, you have Altuve, you have Correa, you have Bregman, you have Goriel. The Houston Astros hitting has definitely helped for the lack of pitching. All right, the pitching has shown some weaknesses, but I will give credit where credit is due. Um, Zach Greinke and uh, Tyler Hobby, they have definitely put in the work in Houston. Their bullpen has been getting the job done and making sure they're not blowing games late in the in the eighth and ninth if houston keeps doing what they're doing if houston keeps building up their momentum not only are they going to win the division like i said they would the houston astros could be a a honest threat for the al the, uh, the al championship they could represent the american league in the world series that is how good that roster is now, obviously, they would have to deal with the Yankees. They're going to have to deal with uh, Tampa Bay, Boston, a team we're going to mention later in the list. But Houston has the talent, and when they get some of their guys back, 
it will even make them stronger as a unit. Now, third on the Sports Angles MLB Power Rankings, we are going to go to San Francisco. We are going to go to a team that has been the biggest surprise story of Major League Baseball. 28 and 16. Eight of their last 10 games have been wins. They're on a current five-game winning streak. They have the best record in the National League. And honestly, it might not even be close at this point. So why are they third on the list? The San Francisco Giants, they have done it all. You have Brandon Crawford. You have Evan Longoria. You have Buster Posey. You have Mike Yastrzemski. Mike Yastrzemski. There is so much talent in San Francisco that's getting it done. There is a lot of these older guys, these veterans in the locker room that are performing way above expectations. They're starting rotation with Kevin Guzman, Anthony Duscalafani. The San Francisco Giants are doing the unexpected, and I love it. I love that a team that was slated to be fourth or maybe even fifth in the NL West this year is now leading it midway in the mid mid of May. Now, San Francisco keeping up this uh, this momentum is going to take a lot of factors going the right way. They're going to have to rely on the Dodgers and the Padres not winning 15 in a row, not winning 10 of 12, not winning 20 of 25. Like the Padres and the Dodgers are well known for doing this. Like the Padres and Dodgers, even when the Padres were bad, they would always go on these random winning streaks in the summer months. It, it always happens. So the reason why I have San Francisco at where they are is they've had an amazing start to the season. They have done great 42 games in, but there's 162 games uh, in, this, in a season. There is 120 games left in the year. They are going to have to rely on a bunch of factors that are not in their control in order to win the NL West. And also, the team I have in number two is right on their doorstep knocking and going, hi, can we come inside real quick? Speaking of which, on our MLB power rankings here on the Sports Angle, the number two team on that list is the San Diego Padres, 27-17. and 17, One game back from the Giants. Here's what they've done right. They have won nine of their last 10 games. They are on a current six-game winning streak, which, by the way, is the longest longest winning streak in the National League. In fact, if it wasn't for the Tampa Bay Rays, they would have the longest winning streak in Major League Baseball. Fernando Tatis Jr. is being an NL MVP candidate at this point. Trent Grisham has been a breakout star for the San Diego Padres. They're starting pitching Hugh Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Chris Paddock. The Padres rotation is doing exactly what they paid for, exactly what they traded for. Their bullpen has been actually quite consistent over this year. You're rarely seeing them blow games late in the year. Also, they're hitting with Eric Hosmer, Manny Machado, Will Myers. There is so much to talk about with the Padres organization. I said at the beginning of the year that if there was any team in the National League that could give a possible headache 
to the Los Angeles Dodgers, it was going to be the Padres. And a lot of people said I was buying into the hype. A lot of people said that your host, Rocco Kelly was buying into the expectation of the offseason. And what did I tell everybody? Watch San Diego this year, and then I will smile and laugh my head off. Well, so far, I'm not going to do it yet. But, so, but, but at this point, the Padres are proving me right. They have 120 games left in the season to go. We're going to have to wait and see what San Diego does for the rest of the year. But already, they're showing people what I knew in this offseason. And that is the Padres would be that threat for the, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the number one team in the Sports Angles MLB Power Rankings, the number one team in baseball, the best team in Major League Baseball, is the Chicago White Sox. Now, for the people who are watching this live on video, you know I'm wearing a Chicago Cubs uh, sweater right now. Anyone who's watching the video knows that I am a Chicago Cubs fan. So not only is this annoying, not only is this something I don't want to do, and I low-key just want to keep on taking jabs at them while I do this segment, but when it comes to Chicago White Sox, there's no denying that the offense has been phenomenal. There's no denying that the starting pitching has been over uh, expectations. I mean, they have exceeded everything that a lot of people have seen with the White Sox organization. I mean, offensively, Yerman Mercedes, when he isn't being yelled at by his manager and his manager isn't an old man yelling at a cloud, the Chicago White Sox are a good team. The Chicago White Sox, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, Nick Magridal, there is so much of that young talent in Chicago. I mean, they have those guys in the outfield like Andrew Vaughn. You have Adam Eaton. There is so much that you can say positively about Chicago, and they are the best team in baseball. They've won seven in their last 10 games. They have the best record in the American League. The one question I do have to ask, though, will the players turn on Tony Larusa? Will the players eventually get fed up with an old man yelling at a cloud and they will eventually just start to revolt against him? I mean, you had Lance Lynn, who played for Tony LaRussa in St. Louis, talk about Tony LaRussa and Tony LaRussa came back and disagreed with him. And Lance Lynn played for him before. So if Tony LaRussa will do that to Lance Lynn, someone who's played for him before, why wouldn't he do that to the rest of the locker room who he's never had experience with before this year? To me, this is kind of that clashing of generations, that clashing of ideologies. Tony LaRussa believes in all the 2,500 unwritten rules that Major League Baseball has, whereas the White Sox players, they just want to go out there and win. A lot of the White Sox players who are in their 21, 22, 24, 25-year-old mindset, they want to go out there. They want to win games. They want to hit home runs. They want to get on base. They want to steal bases. They want to have a good time playing baseball. And Tony La Russa is that guy that goes, well, you can have fun 
However, you got to make sure you don't do this, 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 and this. Now, people have asked me on social media, who do I side with in this situation? And I 100% side with Lance Lynn. I 100% side with the players because these players are just doing what they want to do. These players are going out and putting up amazing performances for the White Sox organization, whereas Tony La Russa is stuck, is stuck back in 1991 being like, oh, we need to play like this, and we're here in 2021 going, no, we have to play like this in order to win a championship. So my angle with the White Sox, since you know I am a Cubs fan, I do have to do this. The Chicago White Sox are the best team in baseball. But I believe that Tony La Russa will cause the team to turn on him. I believe that Tony La Russa, not backing up your players, Tony La Russa, not having your boys back, those players will eventually turn against him. They will eventually be so fed up with Tony La Russa that they're just going to stop listening to him. Tony La Russa will give him a sign, and they're just going to ignore it. Tony La Russa is going to tell somebody to go do something. They'll do the complete opposite. Because if you don't have those boys to have your back in the locker room, if those guys don't trust you, if they don't believe in you, you're pretty much done as a manager. We have seen so many times in Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, NHL. I mean, we saw with Mike Babcock in the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. If the players do not back you, if the players do not support you, if the players will not listen to you, you are finished as a manager, as a coach. So that's the only downfall to the Chicago White Sox. They're extremely talented, but their manager is stuck in 1991, and the players will eventually revolt against him if he continues to do this crap. So we're going to go to break here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. When we come back, I want to flip the script and I want to talk about the most disappointing teams in Major League Baseball as of this uh, as of this week. So when it comes to the sports angle, I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We'll be right back here on the sports angle.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. We have talked about the great teams in the last segment. We talked about the best of the best. But it's time to do what Billy Bean said in Moneyball. There are rich teams. There are average teams. There's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. Well, when it comes to Major League Baseball, there are great teams. There are good teams. There are average teams. There are bad teams. And then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's this team. Now, this team I'm talking about has been the most disappointing team in Major League Baseball. This team should be competing alongside the Chicago White Sox for that division title. This team has the talent on paper to get the job done, but they have not executed at all with any of that. They are not anywhere near that level to be considered a great team in Major League Baseball. As a matter of fact, they have the second worst record in Major League Baseball. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com. Let's clear the air. And the team I'm talking about is the Minnesota Twins. They only have 15 wins on the year. And considering that we are 42 games in at this point, that should tell you how bad the Minnesota Twins are at this point. They are 11 and a half games back from the Chicago White Sox. They are 10 games back from the Tampa Bay Rays. The Minnesota Twins have lost seven of their last 10 games. And on top of that, when it comes to the Minnesota Twins, People are going to blame injuries. People are going to say they have been massively injury prone this year. That is why they are falling apart. I'm not going to buy that. though. The reason why the Minnesota Twins are bad is because every player outside of Byron Buxton has underperformed and has massively regressed this year. The Minnesota Twins from last year, they at least looked like they were somewhat competitive. Last year, the Minnesota Twins organization, they at least looked somewhat like they could win games. But the problem with the roster now is just their depth chart. I mean, heck, if you even consider the depth chart for more than five seconds, you will notice how bad the Minnesota Twins have become. I mean, Kenta Maeda is supposed to be their ace of the rotation, and he has fallen apart. Jose Barrios is supposed to be one of the best two, number two pitchers in MLB. He has fallen apart. Michael Pineda came over as a veteran, and he got injured. Matt Shoemaker has been underwhelming. J.A. Happ, as a veteran, has been underwhelming. 
almost everybody that Minnesota has in their starting rotation hasn't worked. Their bullpen has been atrocious. They brought over Alex Colomi from the Chicago White Sox, and it hasn't been that great. They brought over, uh, they have Taylor Rogers as their closer. Well, he isn't really closing that many games. They brought over Hansel Robles from the Anaheim Angels. He hasn't done a lot, but hey, he's with the, he was with the Angels organization. Maybe that's why. Luke Farrell, he came over. He hasn't done well. Sean Anderson hasn't done well. A lot of the roster in Minnesota hasn't lived up to expectations. They haven't lived up to what you are wanting from them. Mitch Garver at one point looked like he could be a future star in Minnesota at catcher. He, I don't really know what happened to him. He has kind of disappeared and fallen off the map. Miguel Sano has shown flashes of what he's supposed to be. But the problem is you don't show flashes during a 15-win season. You don't show that you every once in a while will get a home run. Because if you do, nobody's going to care. Jorge Polanco came over to Minnesota, and he's been very underwhelming. Josh Donaldson, they paid him all that money to come over from Atlanta. He does not look like the said superstar he once was. And Andrelton Simmons, who when he was with the Atlanta Braves, honestly, looked like he could be a future uh, Hall of Famer. He looked like somebody that defensively could go in the Hall of Fame. Well, obviously, that's fallen apart because he is now one of the worst uh, shortstops in Major League Baseball. You're not getting much from him. And let me not get into their outfield because their outfield is literally the only reason why they're winning games. You have Byron Buxton in, in, in center field, but then he got injured. You had Jake uh, Cave, who was doing pretty well. That he got injured. I mean, right now they have Max Kepler in center field. Max Kepler's not bad. He, he's not bad at all. But he is your only outfielder that is in your starting lineup that was there on opening day. They're using guys who are in their infield at left field. They're bringing guys up from the minors to be in right field. Obviously, they can't live up to what Byron Buxton did offensively. So the Minnesota Twins are in a really weird situation where everyone's just going to say injuries, but I'm going to say the truth. They have been very underwhelming when it comes to that organization as a whole. Nelson Cruz has had 10 home runs. He is the only Twins player that has had 10 home runs and has played all 41 games for the Minnesota Twins. I want you to stop and analyze that for a second. A guy who has been in Major League Baseball for what it feels like 50 years has had 10 home runs, 24 RBIs, and his batting average is 292, which outside of Byron Buxton, who got injured 25 games in, is the highest batting average out of all players who have played every single day. Nelson Cruz has the most runs scored out of all Twins players. Jorge Polanco is batting 232, has had only a trio of home runs. Luis Arreras has had one home run and has a batting average of 276. Max Kepler has a batting average of 202, 
and has only brought in four home runs. Josh Donaldson with his contract, five home runs and a 257 batting average. And Miguel Sano, seven home runs, but a 176 batting average. The Minnesota Twins are very, very underwhelming. They have played under expectations and they are performing way below the cap floor for them. So the reason why they're losing to really just put it out there, it's because of the fact that they cannot get it done offensively. And from the pitching perspective, I already went into detail. Kenta Maeda, a two wins, two losses in an ERA of 5.2. Jose Barrios, four and two, sounds impressive, but an ERA of a little under four. Let's also remember that Jose Barrios has let up six home runs and Kenta Maeda has let up eight. Matt Shoemaker has let up 10 home runs and has an ERA of six. And he's your number four in the rotation. Michael Pineda, two and two, his ERA is 2.7. All right, that's not bad, but he's let up eight home runs. And their number five pitcher in the rotation has an ERA of nine. Nine. So the Minnesota Twins really have nothing positive to say. Taylor Rogers might be the only person that you could say has had some um, success in Minnesota. And yet he only has a 50% save, uh, save percentage. And he has had 15 games and has an ERA of 2.6. There is nobody in Minnesota that has an ERA below two. And this is a pitching league. Remember this. We are in the prime of pitchers out-dueling batters. And yet Minnesota can't has no pitcher beneath two. So really to wrap up this segment, before we go to break and go to the next one, I just want to say for all the Minnesota Twins fans, for all the people that watch them every single day, do you need a hug? Do you need to have your head be put on somebody's shoulder? Do you need to cry into a bag? Because this Minnesota Twins team is among the worst teams I have seen in the modern era. I mean, this is probably one of the worst teams I have seen in the last nine years. They went from being all the way up here to being all the way down here. The only team worse than them is the Colorado Rockies, and they're trying to tank. People already know this. So Minnesota, very disappointed in them. They are the most disappointing team in Major League Baseball. So this is a Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Raquel. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll continue our MLB conversation here on the Sports Angle. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. Go to our website, thesportsangle.com. Check out all the content we have on there. We have posted an article today about auto racing. So if you are a auto racing fan, go to our website, thesportsangle.com, and check out the article we have written on there. As well, go to all our social media at the Sports Angle. Like, follow, share. We appreciate all the support. Major League Baseball had a trade happen today that is a huge deal, but not for the reason that a lot of people saw on paper. Now, the Tampa Bay Rays were in a four-player trade today with the Milwaukee Brewers. The Tampa Bay Rays have traded shortstop Willie Adamas and right-hander Trevor Richards to the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers sent reliever J.P. Frazierin and reliever Drew Rasmussen to the Tampa Bay Rays in the deal. Now, this was reported a couple hours ago by Jeff Passian. This, this trade at base value, I will explain why it happened, and then we'll dig a little bit deeper. Now, the main reason why this happened is, A, the Tampa Bay Rays have a have way too many shortstops on their roster. You have Willie Adamas. You have their number one prospect and the number one prospect in Major League Baseball in Wander Franco. You have one of their top prospects in Taylor Walls. And you have a very good prospect in Vidal Brujan. The Tampa Bay Rays have also been used to using two shortstops in the past. That's what Tampa Bay has done in recent years. So Tampa Bay has had a huge amount of shortstops. They have five shortstops in their system. So at Tampa Bay, having all these players in their roster, it made sense that you would have to get rid of one in order to make room for somebody else. Now, the reason why Willie Adamas was the guy that was left uh, pretty much to fend for himself, the reason why that he was left exposed is because with Willie Adamas, he has had only a 197 batting average and only five home runs this season. He has been in Tampa Bay for four seasons. And yes, he was a top prospect for them back in 2017. Yes, when he was 21 years old, he was the guy at the top of the world in Tampa Bay. The problem is it's been four years later. He is now 25 years old. And there's going to be young guys that are going to take over for Tampa Bay. So Willie Adamas was the man left out because of the fact that he's 25 and he only has a 197 batting average. The second reason that Tampa Bay also made this deal is because they needed more bullpen. Uh, They needed more arms in the bullpen. Uh, Trevor Richards had a 4.5 ERA and had only a single save for Tampa Bay. When you understand that their bullpen, Diego Costillo, Pete Fairbanks, Andrew Kitteridge, those are nice, but they needed more guys in their bullpen. Ryan Thompson, Colin McHugh, Cody Reed got injured. So Tampa Bay adding Drew Rasmussen and adding Faramarin, the reason why they brought them in is because they can add more arms to the bullpen, which is a positive 
as the Tampa Bay Rays are battling for the AL East title. The Tampa Bay Rays organization wants to go back to the playoffs. They want to go back to being in the World Series like they did last year. So sacrificing one of their young shortstops to bring in two arms, that's why they did it. But why did Milwaukee do it? What did Milwaukee want in this deal? I feel like Trevor Richards isn't as big of a deal for Milwaukee. All right, the Milwaukee Brewers, their bullpen is one of the best in baseball. All right, when it comes to their bullpen out there in Milwaukee, you have the best closer in Major League Baseball and Josh Hatter. You have Devin Williams, who has become a breakout star in Major League Baseball. You have Brent Suter. You have Brad Boxberger. The Milwaukee Brewers are deep when it comes to their bullpen. The reason why I believe they did this is because they needed a shortstop and they needed one badly. Luis Urreras, who they acquired in the Trent Gresham trade with San Diego, I don't know if he is their long-term solution at shortstop. I believe that they made this trade because Orlando Arcia, they gave him uh, about five chances and he didn't pan out. He's no longer with them. So they needed to have two shortstops in Milwaukee. They're going to use Urreras and they're going to use Adamas as a 1A, 1B type of situation because the Milwaukee Brewers are pretty much set at almost every single position. They have a catcher and Omar Navaris who can get the job done. First base, they have a former all-star and Daniel Vogelbach who has been real good for them at first base. And they can bring over Travis Shaw if he uh, to play first base if they got to give Vogelbach a time off. Second base, Colton Wong has been their second baseman. And I know there's been question marks about him, but they're going to have him be their second baseman. And at third base, you have Travis Shaw. Once again, he can play first, and Luis Herreras can move over to third. So almost every spot has been filled by Milwaukee outside of shortstop. So that's the reason why they made this trade. Yeah, they gave up two of their arms in the bullpen, small collateral damage considering they have one of the most loaded bullpens in Major League Baseball. And they gave those two relievers up to acquire a shortstop who will be a 1A, 1B in Milwaukee. That's why they did this trade. Now to dig deeper, the Tampa Bay Rays organization, they have not said when they're going to have Wander Franco be called up to the main roster. They have not told anybody when Wander Franco is going to get that opportunity to play in Tampa Bay. Right now, he's in Durham. He's playing in AAA. And when from all the reports that we have heard, Wander Franco is one of the best prospects in Major League Baseball. And there's a reason for it. His numbers have been putting up records in in, uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, right now, this guy is doing amazing in AAA. Let's also remind you that his trajectory, he went from rookie to single A to triple A. He didn't even go to double A. He went straight to triple A, which means that they are primed in letting this 20-year-old Wander Franco be with Tampa Bay. Now, my angle is that in August, after the trade deadline, 
do not be surprised if Wander Franco gets called up. I would not be shocked if by August, by July 31st, after the trade deadline, if Tampa Bay trades Joey Wendell, if they trade Mike Brioso, maybe they trade Taylor Walls, who is now going to be their starting shortstop. I would not be a huge shocker to me if the Tampa Bay Rays did this in order to make space for their number one prospect and the number one prospect in baseball to make his debut at 20 years old. Okay. He has also been told by a lot of reporters and a lot of, uh, a lot of analysts and a lot of insiders that Wander Franco could be the next great shortstop in major league baseball. That's how much hype. That's how much anticipation they have for him to use this as a comparison. Back in 2017, there was a guy in Buffalo named Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Everybody in Buffalo told me about how great this kid is. Every analyst was telling fans how special and how exceptional Vlad Guerrero Jr. was going to be. And Vlad Guerrero Jr. has become a superstar in Toronto. He has become the face of the franchise. In Toronto. That is how big of a deal he was. Wander Franco to the Tampa Bay Rays organization, that is what they need him to be. That is what he has to be for Tampa Bay. So when you really dig deeper, they didn't trade Willie Adamas just because they needed two bullpen arms. They traded uh, Willie Adamas because Wander Franco is going to be their face of the franchise. Wander Franco is the best prospect in MLB. He is the leading force for why Tampa Bay has the number one farm system in MLB. I'm going to repeat that again for the people in the back. The Tampa Bay Rays organization has the number one farm system in MLB. There's a reason why a lot of people who are in Tampa Bay were not worried when they have traded some of their guys this offseason. Because they know that there is a lot of talent coming in thanks to their farm system. So here on the sports angle, we've talked about the Wander Franco trade. We've talked about the most disappointing team in MLB. We've talked about the MLB power rankings. And I've also mentioned the article that was released today on the sportsangle.com. Go check that out. Now, here's what we're going to do. I want to talk about umpires for just a second. I want to end this show by kind of analyzing certain umpires in MLB. There is one umpire that gets mocked, that gets ridiculed, that gets uh, kind of, uh, you know, gaslight. Gas, uh, he is somebody that gets incredibly memed by the MLB fan base. And does he deserve it? Does he really deserve to get criticized and get mocked and get, you know, defamed as much as he does? The answer is yes, yes, and yes. For anybody who's been a long-term baseball fan, when you hear the name Angel Hernandez, your skin starts to crawl. When you hear the word Angel Hernandez, you can see baseball fans immediately 
face palming and putting their hand on their face like, oh my gosh, what did he do now? When you see your, your favorite baseball team and you have Angel Hernandez behind the plate, you pretty much just put your hands up in the air and be like, all right, it's going to be a long afternoon. It's going to be a long night in Chicago. It's going to be a long night in Baltimore. It's going to be a long night in Phoenix. Because Angel Hernandez, he has been in Major League Baseball for a long time. And that's not an understatement. I mean, Angel Hernandez, when it comes to the notorious Angel Hernandez, he has been in Major League Baseball since 1991. Angel Hernandez has been an MLB umpire for three decades. And yet he makes embarrassing calls, embarrassing calls, and embarrassing calls. I mean, there was a time where I watched a video earlier this year where he ejected like almost everybody from the Kansas City Royals because they disagreed with a pitch that he called wrong. I mean, Terry Francona has called Angel Hernandez out for being a bad umpire. I mean, this guy, there's no hiding it. Angel Hernandez has been the definition of Everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows that you are not great at your job, but yet you keep getting paychecks. I mean, do I need to remind people that Angel Hernandez has umpired a a World Series in an All-Star game? I mean, you got to understand that this guy umpired the 2017 MLB All-Star game. I mean, this guy has umpired the 2017 and 2018 uh, playoffs. I mean, I'm not saying that when it comes to Angel Hernandez that he should be fired. I'm not going to sit here and say that Angel Hernandez is somebody that should be, you know, absolutely tan for doing for doing his job. But understand that Angel Hernandez has umpired not one but two World Series games. Now also remember the fact that he has all-star game a trio of times. He has officiated seven AL or NLCS games. I mean, I understand that Joe West had a lot of haters when he was in his prime at Major League Baseball, but I think Angel Hernandez has become nuclear. I think Major League Baseball has become a laughingstock, and Angel Hernandez really has become that. Understand that Angel Hernandez had a 78% overturn rate in 2018. And yes, I know 2018 was a couple of years ago, but this will back up my point. He has had a 78% overturn rate. That means that he will call something out, and 78% of the time, they will come back after video replay and call it safe, or in uh, vice versa, he will call something safe. They'll go to the video replay, and it'll be called out. I mean, understand that when it comes to Angel Hernandez, they did a spring training analysis of him in 2019, and he would get four calls wrong per game, which that error rate is almost five times higher than the average umpire. 
Angel Hernandez was named the interim crew chief in 2020. That is how much power and responsibility he has in MLB. There was also an article written by the Sporting News that Angel Hernandez has earned a reputation for being one of MLB's worst umpires. There's also been saying that he is the worst umpire in baseball. That was the New York Post back in 2020. So if Angel Hernandez has this reputation, then why hasn't he been let go? If Angel Hernandez isn't liked by fans, if he is someone that isn't someone that well-liked by critics, then why is he still there? Well, I'm going to explain to you why he's still here. It's because he has been there for three decades. Major League Baseball trusts Angel Hernandez. The same reason why Joe West was there in the 2000s and 2010s when he was the most hated umpire in baseball. It's because if you have a great reputation with MLB itself, they are not going to let you go. It's similar to the referees in the NBA. It's similar to the, to the officials in the NHL. If you have a great standing relationship with the people at the top of the, of the ladder, they're not going to let you go. So my angle with Angel Hernandez, yes, is he bad? Yes, is he, is, is he underwhelming? Yes, does he make bad decisions almost, almost a couple of times every single time he's behind the, behind the mound? Understand that Angel Hernandez, yes, is fairly criticized, but he'll never be let go. What will happen is that in probably seven or eight years, when he gets into his 60s, he'll retire, he'll get his package, he'll get his uh, money for you know being a um, tenure. And that will, is what's going to happen to Angel Hernandez. He won't be let go. He's not going to be fired. He's not going to be replaced. So for all baseball fans, including myself, we're just going to have to deal with Angel Hernandez. So this is a sports angle. We are live Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Follow me on social media at Rocco Rakelli. And until next time, rock on, and we will see you later. In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.